This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, it's Paul Wheelock and welcome to the Morning Bulletin podcast, where we round up all the big headlines from overnight concerning Liverpool FC. And joining me to run through those headlines is Matt Addison. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, mate. You all right? Yes, yeah, not bad. Thank you very much. Did you have a good day yesterday? Uh, another day off for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not a bad one. It was uh, certainly not as busy as on Friday, so uh, that was uh, a bonus. I say that because we did exactly the same on Saturday. We did this podcast together. That's why I had a day off on Friday as well. Uh, and on Saturday's podcast, one of the big stories that morning was David Maddox report in the mirror suggesting Liverpool would not be doing any transfer business this summer given the impact of the coronavirus crisis on football finances however Matt there has been a further update this morning hasn't there from Fabrizio Romano in the Guardian yeah there certainly has um, and it's an update that I think makes a lot of sense he says that Liverpool are still interested in Timo Werner he's still a player that Jurgen Klopp likes which is certainly something we've heard a lot over the last few weeks but Fabrizio Romano says that Liverpool have effectively told Timo Werner and his representatives that they still want him, but they just need a little bit more time to make that decision. Of course, with the coronavirus distorting things over this coming few weeks and, and months and potentially further as well down the line, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with the transfer market and that sort of thing. Um, I think it makes a great deal of sense that Liverpool are not prepared to, to put down that £52 million, which we understand is, is his release clause at this moment in time. Um, it would be too much of a risk. Obviously, it's not just the £52 million transfer fee. There's you know, endless amounts of, of agents' fees, wages, everything else that goes with the transfer. It, it, you know, The actual value of, of the deal would probably be closer to, to three times that maybe when you add in all of the rest of the things over a five-year deal or, or whatever he might be offering. So I don't think Liverpool are in a position at this moment in time to be able to put down that sort of money. They're going to reassess the situation according to this report. and you know, It's a deal which could still happen later down the line. Um, interestingly, the, the report again uh, backs up the sort of claim that the release clause will be pushed back. Um, we obviously expected it to be expiring in April. It, it was then pushed back to June. To be honest, I, I don't think the release clause is going to be a massive issue for Liverpool anyway. Um, even if, let's say, the release clause expired in June and, and they made a decision in July, I think there is a sort of level of goodwill with uh, RB Leipzig mm-hmm. that you know, they understand what has happened at the moment. They understand why that release clause wouldn't have been activated. And I think there's a sort of a willingness on their part to say to future players, look, we're not going to keep you against your wishes. You know, if you come here, you'll come in for a fairly cheap fee. We'll develop you and then when the time is right, we will let you go. And that's the sort of reputation that they have as a club. And I think it would be beneficial for them to let him go for a reasonable price. I think there's a deal to be done, certainly, release clause or not, um, in this summer, as long as Liverpool can can do that. So I think, you know, Leipzig will be fair to Werner. I think Liverpool by saying this, if this is true, and there's no reason to, to think that it's not. Um, I think Liverpool have been fair to Timo Werner. They've been very open and, and said, we can't afford to do this right now, but you are still a player that we'd like to sign in the summer. And I think this is certainly news that Liverpool fans will want to hear going into this summer transfer window, that is for sure. It is. 
being slightly naughty. I think it was other news that Liverpool fans were grateful to hear came at the weekend when Kevin De Bruyne suggested he may have to contemplate his Manchester City future if the club's two-year European ban stands. So perhaps, Matt, we shouldn't be too surprised by a bit of a counter-report in the Daily Mail this morning. Yeah, um, Manchester City potentially going to offer Kevin De Bruyne a new contract. Um, it's surprising, actually, that his, his current deal expires in 2021. So they seem to have left it quite late. Um, it's it's a bit of a surprise to me that they've let it run down this far, to be honest. But yeah, the, the report states that he's going to be offered a new £280,000 per week contract. Kevin De Bruyne obviously turns 29 next month. Um, he's at an age now where if Manchester City's appeal fails and they are out of Europe for the next couple of years, you know he's not really a, a player that can afford to be out of the Champions League for, for a period of time at the, the sort of stage of his career that he is at. Um, so it would not be a huge surprise, I don't think, if, if De Bruyne said to Manchester City, look, you know, I've been here... You know, we've done this, we've won X, Y and Z, but he wanted to go and win the Champions League. I think that would be you know, a, a fair thing for him to do. So even though this contract is potentially going to be on the table for him, I wouldn't be surprised if he does end up moving away from Manchester City if that appeal you know, isn't turned around. And it's going to be interesting to see how many other Manchester City players are in a similar position. I think Pep Guardiola has said pretty much that it's not going to affect him all of the, the sort of stories coming out of, of City are saying that they've done nothing wrong and they fully expect the appeal to be turned around. So, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. It's going to be interesting to see when that appeal takes place as well because obviously everything is on the back burner at this moment in time. Um, but it's going to have to be done and, and decided before the start of next season, whenever that might be. So, certainly want to keep an eye on, obviously. It's a, a Liverpool story in the sense that if Kevin De Bruyne was to leave Manchester City, I think that would be a pretty uh, big boost for Liverpool as long as you know De Bruyne went somewhere else. But to be honest, I think it would be a little bit of a shame for the Premier League to lose a player who is, you know, at that level. He's probably the the closest thing in terms of style and, and the way that he plays to, to Steven Gerrard. To be honest, I think he's he's that sort of player uh, in midfield. I, I really do rate him very very highly. One of the best Premier League players of all time, really. And, I think it would, as much as it would be a boost for, for Liverpool in terms of their title aspirations and things like that going forward, I think it would be a, a bit of a shame to lose Kevin De Bruyne because you know, he, he is that good. Certainly is. Jurgen Klopp has been speaking to American media, including Fox Sports, and uh, he's been given a bit of an insight, Matt, into how his players are coping with the lockdown. Yeah, it's a, another interesting one, obviously. We've seen different bits of, of Zoom conversations and various bits of content that have come out of Liverpool. And yeah, Klopp says his players are as eager as five-year-olds to, to get back <laughs> to training. And, Great phrase. You know, yeah, it, it, typical Jurgen Klopp, isn't it, really? But um, yeah, he, he says that they've been doing intense sessions and you know, we've seen Andreas Kormeyer, the, the fitness coach, has been doing various things and you know, they, they are training basically at a very intense level because they expect to come back very soon and I know we're going to touch on the, the sort of government decisions that are expected in the next few days and, and weeks and sort of what knock-on effect that could have shortly so I won't go into that too much but it, it seems like you know, another Premier League meeting is imminent, it seems like progress is, is being made from 
people like the culture secretary and, and things like that and the Premier League certainly, you know, in terms of working out how many tests they might need and, and that sort of thing for football to return. So yeah, it, it seems like Liverpool's players are gearing up for a return and you know, potentially, depending on what happens over the next few days, they could be maybe back training in a similar sort of way to, to what we've seen in the Bundesliga, um, you know, sort of training in in small groups and that sort of thing, potentially as early as next week. So, yeah, it's uh, interesting times. And as you can imagine for the players, they're just probably most of them desperate to, to get back and play football, as, as Jurgen Klopp says, and, and get back to being a team again because everything was going so well. Obviously, not the, the Champions League, obviously that was the last game that they all played together and it, it didn't go so well. But, you know, in the Premier League, they were riding high and, you know, it'll be a massive relief, I think, for them to, after, what is it, seven, eight weeks now that, that they've not had a match to just go back to playing football and start to get back to normality would be a big thing for them as, as well for Liverpool fans as, as well too. You did mention there that players in Klopp's homeland Germany were already back in training and, and up in it, it seems, as the days and weeks go by. And alongside that, the players are getting regularly tested for coronavirus. And there has been an update on that this morning, hasn't there, Matt? And there's also a bit of news of a former Premier League player who, forgive me if I'm wrong here, was was once linked with Liverpool and he's, he's been letting himself down a little bit. Yeah, he certainly has. Salomon Kalouf, as you say, was linked with Liverpool at, at one stage. I don't know how much truth there was in that. But yeah, the, the ex-Chelsea striker suspended by Hertha Berlin, where he is at now. Um, after he, he posted a, a Facebook video, I think he went live on his Facebook page um, to interrupt a medical checkup of one of his teammates and, and started shaking hands, which in the current climate, you wonder sort of how on earth he came to the conclusion that that was a sensible thing to do. But... Yeah, a clear breach of the rules. He's been suspended by his club and he's issued an apology and, and sort of admitted that it was an incredibly stupid mistake to make, which I don't think there's any two ways about it. That is absolutely the case. Um, but yeah, the, the other sort of update from, from Germany is that there's been 10 positive tests so far across the top two divisions, the Bundesliga and then the Bundesliga 2 as well. Um, a decision on Wednesday is expected from Germany and from the government as to whether the Bundesliga can continue uh, or return, I should say. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens because we know, obviously, Germany has been ahead of the UK right from the start in terms of combating and, and tracking coronavirus cases. The fact, as I said, that there's been 10 positive tests or I think nine positive tests and then one was inconclusive. I think that was the actual numbers. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what sort of impact that has on the sort of decision of, of whether to, to bring football back or, or whether to delay that by a couple of weeks. And obviously what happens over in Germany could potentially shape what happens in the Premier League as well. So certainly it's one to keep an eye on. Um, but yeah, certainly Salomon Kalou isn't doing anyone any favours with, with silly antics like that and certainly that's not going to quicken up the process. Not at all. I think it was 1,724 tests that have been conducted by the, the German league. So 10 out of 1,724 is a small number, but not insignificant, as you rightly say, Matt. 
So all eyes on the Bundesliga on Wednesday uh, and Germany, I should say, on Wednesday and the government to see what happens there. And then we were going to train our eyes on Friday, weren't we? And our thoughts on Friday, Matt, because that's when we were all expecting the big Premier League meeting to, to happen. However, it looks like it, we're going to have to wait a little bit later, a bit longer. Yeah, certainly. Um, as you say, we were all gearing up and, and we had that discussion on Blood Red yesterday about how you know, everything was going to come down to Friday. Um, since then, Boris Johnson and the government have sort of pushed back their decision. It was initially expected to be on Thursday. That's now expected to come on Sunday. Um, and that sort of revolves around the next stages of lockdown um, across the country, sort of in a wider sense, obviously away from football, just what the next stages is, um, what the, the sort of time frame might be for certain outlets being able to open again. You know, who can go back to work and when, that sort of thing. And obviously, that will then impact what happens in the Premier League. So, but there'd be absolutely no point in the Premier League having their meeting on Friday. Um, it needs to be after the, the government have, have made their decisions. It's obviously, as we discussed yesterday, has to be, it has to come from the top and the Premier League has to be guided by that. So, yeah, it's going to be at least Monday, um, maybe later on in that in that week, next week that we get a decision on the Premier League. But, you know, it, it seems like several Premier League clubs are sort of on standby. They're ready to come back if that is allowed. And, and if they are told that they can go back to training, I don't think it will be too long before most of them do exactly that. So, yeah, the, the next meeting, um, whether that's Monday or, or later, is going to include a vote. At least six clubs, um, it's understood, Oppose this neutral venues idea, um, which again has been discussed extensively over the last few days. So the Premier League need 14 out of 20 to vote um, on this to, to go along with them and, and to make sure that the vote gets passed. So if there are any more than six clubs who do oppose this uh, neutral venues idea, then you know we, we might come into an issue. But hopefully there's no more than that. Things go smoothly. Um, it can get passed and potentially June the 12th is, is the favoured restart date, uh, which they're, they're still sort of working towards. And that, I think, at the moment seems like the most likely scenario. But look, at the moment, who knows? Who Clubs knows? Were, were hoping to start training next week, but I think this certainly will put that back a little bit. And it's going to be, yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting few days as and when the sort of details of this meeting come out. Yeah, it is indeed, mate. That's all your headlines for today. Thanks very much to Matt for joining me and thanks very much for everyone listening. Matt will be back with another podcast this afternoon. Is that right, Matt? Uh, yes, the Italian football transfer special that we've done. Uh, obviously, we've done French, Spanish uh, and German football and now we've sort of got in touch with Chloe Beresford who, who knows Syria inside out to get the lowdown on a few different players who uh, Liverpool have been linked with in, in Italy. So, yeah, certainly an interesting listen. Brilliant stuff. That'll be out at 3pm UK time, wherever you get your Blood Red podcasts. Bye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.